I felt a little sharper this morning because I was talking about something I, I sort of know. It's amazing how, how that works out better when you speak about something that you know. And um, today, you know, the last two, which is the George Druk and Dorje uh, Simki Nendruk, even though I translated those parts in the esoteric instructions there, still, you know, they died. They're way over my head, actually have no clue. Um, for those, I don't think maybe anyone was here Thursday night, except Marcus, or <laughs> these three here, and a few people. So you might remember I talked about, uh, I spoke about the Saint Jerome, you know, the uh, patron saint of translators who translated the Septuagint from uh, Greek to Latin by himself after 72. Um, Jewish elders translated it from Hebrew, um, which is a good example of, I guess, the things degenerating and the, the issue of working in groups or working by yourself. But working by yourself, then you get to become a saint. And, <laughs> and then you um, become the patron saint of translators. And so, and there was this quotation from him that is reminding me of me today uh, which is in the patron saint have, where, where is it? Is this it? Uh, that one? Oh, no, wait. It's that one. <laughs> There's St. Jerome with death, looking tired. Um, he uh, said that he always translated the, from the sense to the sense rather than from the word to the word except when it was um, using the Latin word, which I don't know, mysterium, which then you can have a discussion of what that really meant, which is really funny. But um, what it means to me is that when you really have no idea what you're translating, that's when you re rely on word to word, because you just have to put the words in without actually <laughs> knowing what they might mean. So that was the case with Kala Chakra, George Druk, and to some extent the the Sumkindandrup. Uh, so I really am going to keep this hopefully quite brief. Um, George Druk is is uh, means Sadanga Yoga, the six yoga practice or six branch yoga practice that comes from the Kala Chakra Tantra. And uh, when, as I mentioned before, the Treasury of Knowledge, Jangun controls. Um, in, in, in esoteric instructions, he was only giving teachings on the completion phase. And I realize, I mean, maybe Elizabeth um, when, uh, talked about that, but we didn't really explain so much what creation phase and, and completion phase is. And maybe I need to do that just briefly now, which is that um, the visualization of the deity uh, and those practices that you associate with Tibetan Buddhism are called creation or generation phase. And then completion phase is not the equivalent of the dissolution phase, which is a different word, the durim, when the deity dissolves. But it means the, what we would call the yoga practices uh, of working with the subtle body or the astral body, whatever you want to call vajra body, you know, whatever it is. I have no idea. But um, so that's something to keep in mind. And then when that's perfected or those two become unified or however you want to view it, then it's called the Great Completion or Dzogchen. So uh, keeping that in mind then, these teachings are taken from just that part 
of the Kala Chakra Tantra, and that's why it's called the lineage of the Jorduk and not called Kala Chakra, because the Kala Chakra Tantra is an amazingly complicated, amazing thing that I, I shouldn't even like say the word out of my mouth. But it's um, but I have no choice, and. There's some things that I think are unusual about it that I'll mention briefly because it's almost always treated separately from other tantras in any book where, uh, class, you know, Tibetan books where they're talking about the tantras, Kala Chakra's got its own chapter separately. And it has certain things different about it. Um, one is it's very late tantra. It's the latest tantra. It's, it's put at the 11th century uh, or late late 11th century, like, yeah, you know, somewhere, I have it written down somewhere, but I think that's right. And, um, you know, that's when already the second spreading of Dharma in Tibet is happening, and that's when India's crawling with Tibetans looking for texts. Um, so there's already the ta other tantras present, and um, it, you know, comes from somewhere, I mean, all tantras are, you know, um, said to come from the Buddha, Buddha's teachings himself, in, usually in the form of either Vajradhara or the deity that's associated with the Tantra, in this case, Kala Chakra. And as, as with most Tantras, Kala Chakra Tantra, the root text is lost, is never, not in Sanskrit, not in Tibetan, nothing. Um, however, I, one person has posited at least that it's it's actually not impossible that there was one because it was only said to be 12,000 verses, whereas some of them, like Chakrasamvara and Hevajra, the early root texts, are said to be like, you know, two million verses or something, so it's kind of... Although, if you've seen, like, the Mahabharata or something, you might think that India could come up with these enormous epics, but in any case, when we talk, the only thing left of it is one, te one text, one part of what they think was the fifth chapter, uh, um, on empowerment, um, which is called Wangdor Tempa or Sekodesha, and a really great commentary by Naropa on that, which is the kind of one of the mainstays of people learning about the Kala Chakra. And uh, so, what we usually what we usually have as our source, or when they say, you know, like the text of Kala Chakra, Kala Chakra Tantra would be actually something called the Kala Chakra Condensed Tantra or Lagu Tantra by somebody called Manjushri Yasha. So why is that important? It's because Elizabeth and I can't figure out where to put it in the bibliographies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it a treatise by somebody we know that starts with Y and we put it at the end, or is it uh, the Buddha word and then it goes along with the conjures and is not listed with an author? So it's a... That's why those things are important. And then there's a very famous commentary, even more than it, uh, on that, which is called Stainless Light, which has been published in English and which is, you know, a massive, amazing work of brilliance. So, yeah, very late in the 11th century is when it came, and then it also came very quickly to Tibet. Uh, usually, you know, there's a sort of a, a gap, but within, like, I think I heard 20 or 40 or both years, it was taken into Tibet. So that's a, a quick, from the time it appeared in a place called Shambhala, um, and to the time where it entered 
by two main streams into Tibet was a very short time, so it's still warm. <laughs> and, uh, and so in, the, in our little list <clears throat> of the eight charioteers, in this case, it's the translator Gijo is the, the one who brought it in, that according to control is one of 17 lineages of Kala Chakra. Do you want to hear them? No. So I'm not going to talk about those, but you can find lists of all those 17. <clears throat> uh, let's see, where do I... And so a couple other thematic reasons why it's set apart. And here's where I really don't know what I'm talking about. That'll sound good on tape. Um, uh, a couple of the, th well, the, so what are the, let me just go this way. The, what are the six branches, the six-fold yoga that we're talking about in, in here? And just to name them, withdrawal, meditative stability or dhyana, vital energy control, which you might know is pranayama from your local yoga class at the gym. Um, retention, dharana, recollection, anushnuti, and absorption or samadhi. Those are the six, briefly. I mean, there's no way I'm going to tell you what they actually entail. Um, a couple of the other reasons, though, within those teachings that um, their cons uh, Kala Chakra is considered quite different is one is this idea of empty form, tongzu, um, uh, which has a, a quite a bit of a different implication than some other tantras, um, such as the illusory body that they taught, you know, illusory form in the Gui Samaja Tantra or other tantras. And it has a very particular meaning, um, which I see as connected, and this is just me, to certain teachings in the Nyingma traditions, Orchen tradition, where I've been told, and I don't understand what this means, but it's not that good old form is empty and emptiness is form like we know in, from the Prajnaparamita, but actually emptiness takes on form. And so, um, and the other one, because of that particular, inter particular interpretation in there, the Kala Chakra claims, remember that they all claim something, Kala Chakra claims that because of the particular, these six branches of practice as applied, uh, that it claims to be able to transform the regular body of flesh and blood with its 21,600 vital winds, um, uh, in, alchemically transform it in this life uh, into the final and enlightened and empty form Kala Chakra, so that most other practices and even other tantras more expect that you're going to be able to attain that state in the bardo after death. Kala Chakra, you know, there's a physical transformation due to these practices. And that's why um, our friend who came and taught Kala Chakra, I finally figured out why he was making all these claims about it. Um, there was just a, a teacher here who totally, um, is, you know, focuses on the Jonang version of Kala Chakra. Um, that's what it claims. You don't have to go through all the thing. You actually have some kind of transformation, uh, and I don't understand what it is. Um, oh, and the other thing that sets it apart, I guess, um, in just this cr completion phase practices, <clears throat> well, in general, in the Tantra of Kala Chakra, 
Um, there's all kinds of um, areas of knowledge that aren't contained in, in all tantras, such as astrology, astronomy, medicine, geography, all kinds of things, and um, that are their own like field of learning all by themselves that we really couldn't possibly cover or even understand. But, you know, Kala Chakra is like a lifetime study, I would say. Oh, two things I thought. One thing, Jamgun Control says specifically, which I think is quite interesting, is that the one you know, different thing about Kala Chakra is that it explains clearly things that are hidden in other tantras, um, which is really interesting because I find the Kala Chakra <laughs> very obtuse and even coded, even sort of encoded. Um, but I just read an article today, trying to prepare, and uh, um, now I kind of understand what he was talking about, but it's, it's, it's maybe a diversion here. Um, and then the other thing is a, a much more emphasis on macrocosm and microcosm, or the, you know, Kala Chakra means the wheel of time, and you know, it has a cosmic kind of connection, not just theoretically, but while you're doing these six branch yoga or the six yogas, um, you know, that, and I'm like completely ignorant about astrology, but apparently there's a new like you know, thing that pops up on the horizon every two hours, a new constellation or whatever it is that influences the subtle body. And the winds and the bindu and the channels all have a shift according to that. And the Kala Chakra practices, you take that into account and you can use it as a, to, in, you know, to enhance or enforce the practice. Um, and so that's very quite special, actually. And so those correspondences of the body or the subtle body with the world in general of the macrocosm is a speciality of Kala Chakra. I think that might be enough on that. I mean, there's so much more, uh, you know, that you could talk about. Um, I found John Powers' book on it to be simple and more easily understandable than some of the source texts. Um, and he also claims to know exactly on the map where Shambhala is, so that's interesting. He says it says it right there. It's the C2 River, you know, north at the certain latitude, and, you know, so no need to be a big myst mystery about it. That's what he says. But other people have it being like a state of mind or who knows what. Um, <clears throat> then, so that, so that, in our little chart of those eight, then Gijo is the translator that brought that one into Tibet, one of the 17 lineages. And we spoke a little bit about, I mean, the Kala Chakra is a very, very, it's kind of, you can't, you almost can't overestimate how important it's been. And we spoke before about, that you may not have been here about, um, what Dalpopa did with it and how the Jonang lineage has, you know, followed a, a whole new trajectory because of a new interpretation of the Kala Chakra Tantra. So that's had a huge effect on the history of Tibet. And, uh, oh yeah, another, just one last recommendation if you're really interested in this. There's a good website with Edward Henning has put up. Just, I think it's called just kalachakra.com, isn't it? Or org. Yeah, maybe org. Yeah. 
Um, I guess I'll go on to Dorje Sumki Nendrup, which is, so both of these lineages are contained together in the 15th volume of the Dangakzu, of the Treasury of Precious Instructions. And there's a reason that they're contained together is that they're very similar. They're both based on the completion phase of the Kala Chakra Tantra. They're just a slightly different lineage. And um, this one is, is Dorje Sumki Nyendrup is, you know, maybe we could call it approach and attainment of the three Vajras. So mainly I'm just going to explain the name <clears throat> because it's a, it's, there's a lot behind it. So the three Vajras are the body, speech, and mind of the enlightened being. Um, enlightened, you know, Vajra body, Vajra speech, and Vajra mind. And one aims to achieve that through purification of ordinary body, speech, and mind or one aims to unveil it, you know, realize it. And um, the method of doing that is through approach and attainment. So this word, yendrup, um, is like, it's like a shortened version. And this, unfortunately, in all the different tantras is not always treated the same. But generally, um, this has to do with it often has to do with creation phase practice, generation stage practice of the deity. So there's nyempa, which is like, you could say approach, or sometimes it's more, um, sometimes it's more appropriate to say propitiation, you know, propitiation of the deity. And then the Tibetan kind of uh, on the ground practice practitioners have started, you know, had started using nyempa as how many hundreds of thousands of mantras you do, which is how to approach the deity. So it can also mean that. So there's, a, people have been complaining about why aren't you pr translating every word the same every time? And that's an actual very technical term. And even that you can't, won't work to translate it the same every time. Anyway, nyempa. And then usually there's nyenyen, which is a close approach, which is like getting closer to the deity. Then there's accomplishment or attainment, and then there's great attainment. Or sometimes, and in this case of the Kala Chakra, it's approach, close attainment, close attainment, and great attainment. So they just change the names. Um, and those four are accomplished through these six yogas that were mentioned. They line up you know, with them, and I'll t it's a little bit different in these two, in the Dorjusim Kinerup and the Jordruk, um, the way it lines up. So, um, so basically, about what what it's saying is, um, uh, it's interesting. I found like on a dictionary a very interesting kind of explanation. But through the practices of both creation and completion phase, you event you pure and these yogas. You purify body, speech, and mind to attain Vajra, body, speech, and mind. I mean, that's the real simple version. So Urgyempa was, it, it was um, the person responsible for this was Urgyempa. Um, he was, um, you know, um, not uh, quite a bit later, his <coughs> teacher was Gutsangpa, a well-known Kargyu teacher. This is 12th and 13th century. Um, and he traveled many times out of Tibet, and at one point he went to Udiana. Actually, he went 
he went to the one place in, I don't know, somewhere, and then he <coughs> met a girl. And then the girl told him sh he should go to this other place called Udiana, and there he went, and then he met Vajrayogini, and she bestowed these teachings on him. Then he came back to Tibet, <coughs> and among other people, he gave the teachings to, again, third Karmapa Rangjung Dorje. So that gets absorbed into that lineage pretty much. Um, Although he had some others, and he wrote something called, guess what, Vajra Verses, <laughs> again. So more Vajra Verses, and um, <coughs> they were passed down, and it's a quite a long lineage. Um, uh, Rangjung Dorje, um, you know, got the entire teaching system from him and then passed it on, and um, one of the main holders of it was another Karmapa Rolpe Dorje in the 14th century, and then there was a long list you know, of people carrying it. But it doesn't really exist as a separate, uh, a separate practice. Um, and I, that's just about all I have to say about it, because people aren't too interested in it, but it's, it's uh, you know, and I kind of seem to have lost the part that... Um, Oh, okay, here it is. So the difference is this. Uh, let me just do this last thing. There's six branches of practice of the subtle body completion phase. And um, according to the first Jordruk system, approach and attainment is, uh, happens in the four stages. The first one is just the visualization of the deity, and that's called applied to withdrawal. Then there's... Uh, <laughs> Meditative stability, vital energy, and retention, all uh, associated with near attainment. Then there's recollection, which is associated with attainment, and absorption with great attainment. Or Gempa heard a different story from Vajrayogini. He heard it kind of goes to, you know, twos. So you have, uh, he, he skips, he has only three stages of approach and attainment instead of four. It kind of works out mathematically better that way. So he has the first, he has the, uh, in the approach, one practices withdrawal and meditative stability and attainment, one practices vital energy control and retention, and in the great attainment, one practices recollection and meditative abs absorption. So that's how, it's just a different kind of correspondence. Um, here's another, and this is called Nyendrup Ki Dorjisum, instead of Dorjisum Ki Nyendrup. Uh, it says, according to this system of Urgempa, these are explained as follows. Training the body through the indestructible reality, that means the Vajra, of the Buddha body, there is the branch of ritual service with develops withdrawal. Training the speech through the indestructible reality of Buddha's speech, there is the branch of attainment associated with breath, breath control. And training the mind through the indestructible reality of Buddha mind, there is the branch of great attainment associated with recollection and con contemplation. So everything's a little backwards in that explanation from what I explained, and I have no explanation of that. And if any of you understand this, let me know. Because I, I, this stuff is really difficult. I would not have been able to even translate <coughs> that section on Kala Chakra without our colleague Cyrus Stern's help. Who, uh, there are people who really focus on this, and, and there's a lot of translated material and commentary. And uh, there's a whole book of articles in 
honor of the Dalai Lama. I think it's called. Can't remember what it. Uh, something. Yeah, as far as space extends, or something, which is a really, really good resource. So that's our finishing of the eight lineages of attainment or accomplishment, or the eight charioteers of the lineages of accomplishment. What's it all about, Lama Tempa? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I don't really know. I have an idea. Why should I say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, first, I want to express my feeling. <laughs> it's like I feel very happy to be in this place, Shambhala Publications. I have heard this publication when I was really a young monk. Hmm. Even at that time when I tried to learn English language, to read English, that was really striking as I saw the torch of certainty to me. No, no, no. Touch and certainty. gave me that book. You should read this one. I said, oh, then look at Shambhala publications. <laughs> In the room, they. I haven't uh, for a long, long time this, what do you call? Habitual tendency after the term, Shambhala is my mind. And today, <laughs> as I'm here, and also Nicole, Nicole, Nicole. Mm -hmm. he Nicole. asked me, he wrote me a few emails to visit this place along with our markers. Even though I, I had a wish to visit, but never happened. But now today, I will make it here. <laughs> yes, I feel so happy. Then also, it's a good dental, dental. Do you know dental? How you translate dental? Auspicious connection. Maybe? Auspicious connection, okay. Maybe you believe it or not, <laughs> but in Tibetan Buddhism, or the Vajrayana Buddhism, right, they consider this dental is so important. It's this auspicious connections play a very important role. That's it. If this uh, auspicious connection is not take place properly, then the Yagbo then even like a Buddha, real Buddha is here and teaching will not affect it. Then the Madigna, you know, that's good. So this is in Shambhala publication, and also talking there's a uh, eight practice lineage for me. That is for me, not for you, it's a different case. For me, it's being 
in Shambhala Public, at Shambhala Publications House. And the related topic is uh, Eight Practice Lineage. Not only that, also I have this uh, Zanda Foundation Fellow. Also I have a deep connection with the uh, Zanda Foundation, and especially Laman Dubju and uh, Eric La. Yes. This is what I call dental day, right? Dental day. Jubeki, dental. Dental is like a coming, three things for me come together. One is like a lineage, air practice lineage. And second is the place, Shambhala publication for me it's a long time in the West. And third is, uh, what do you call this? Organization who organized for me to be here. Tunji, conducive conditions, right? When the three come together for me, they're a great, great uh, auspicious connection. They have it all. Maybe lot of or Jonggen Kongdu, or the Yenden Jasos. Right? So Lotte Thaya has many, many, many names. Almost like he has 18 or 20 different names, right? He goes with. Even when you look at his names, these names are not title. When you receive uh, different names, for me, they're really fascinating. Different names. If you read, right? One thing is when you study or translate, because of he has, uh, he has, he has so many names. It can't be <laughs> same, different name. It can't be. It doesn't match. But actually, he goes many different names. Even when you, uh, for me, when you think of his different names. It's already like a wow, the fascinating blow my mind. <laughs> and this is why I call him because even like just name, he's so called great Lord Taye. Great master Lord Taye. Isn't it? Yeah? Then maybe for you. A lot of times, just another guy's name, right? What really matter? Right? Who is a lot of times? Lot of times, Einstein, Albert Einstein. For Tibetan people, Albert Einstein. It doesn't mean anything, right? Albert Einstein, Einstein. Okay, she said, okay. Even the day with the, the Tibetan people was, oh, it's very difficult to pronounce pronunciation, right? Albert Einstein. Then who say who care? <laughs> or maybe same thing like a Westerners, right, Reverend? Lord of Thai. Who the Tibetan guy? Who? One care. Then the same thing, like if you really want to go the physics into physics or the modern physics, then Albert Einstein being oh wow. It's a legendary. Similarly, if you're really interested in 
Tibetan Buddhism, especially practice Tibetan Buddhism, if you really look at Tibetan Buddhism, it's a very weird religion. Tibetan Buddhism has uh, so many what you call contents, right? Contents. So many. Sometimes, okay, Tibetan Buddhism, right? But if you really look at what is the Tibetan Buddhism, it's confusing. You cannot really Put your finger on it. Yeah, this is Tibetan Buddhism, right? You cannot put finger. It has so many elements, right? Sometimes I call it that four category, not the five category, not the not like a four different schools. Different Tibetan Buddhism, right? If you really look at Shepa, scholastic practice, monasticism, blind faith. And wandering Negorwa, ne like pilgrimage, yeah, pilgrimage, like who does pilgrimage all life, and just believe, right? So many different forms there, practice. Mm -hmm. right? So many different forms. Tibetan Buddhism, right? But among all this, all this element, if you go with a practice lineage, they call Nyam, practice, then Lord Thai become a legend. So in the uh, explanation, explanatory lineages, you don't really need Lodotai. If you, you go to the scholastic, right, intellectual field, Lodotai doesn't appear that much, right? When you study Abhidhamma, Lodotai's name, you cannot see, even one name, title, Lodotai. When you study Pramana, Lodotai is not important there. When you study Madhyamika, even like a great text Madhyamika, right? Of course, Lodotai mentioned, but when you study the Madhyamika, Lodotai is not there. Even when you study Dulwa, Vinaya, right? Lodotai is not involved in that area. In the Pramana. This is what they call. Intellectual or the uh, scholastic tradition, right? Then Lodotai is not that, that it doesn't appear. Then when you come to practice, practice, then Lodotai becomes the key. Not only in Kamakaju lineage, whole lineage, like Saja, Nyingma, of course, Gaju. Even Gilukbas, even Bumbo, Bun. Right? When you practice, then Lodotai involved. Right? Even I met, uh, not I met, uh, one time <coughs> when we are in three year retreat, then Saija Tinzin visit us. Somehow, right? Saija Tinzin visited the Pulahari, then we request to come to our retreat, inside the retreat, and he came. And he says, without Lodotai, there's no practice these days, right? In Saityapas. Kalde Lodotai the Pepmena. Pepmena, if Lodotai doesn't appear, come to the van. Then Saityapas, like what the religion there is. Katsumna there is. 
Like well, some customs in there, right? You just close your mouth and you know, hand tight, you just sit. Little Thai cutting at the end, that's a sajala, that's a mambo. You're ready? Little Thai cutting somebody. So, based on his kindness. His kindness, all this in practice. Practice. Even burn, can you imagine burn? Even if you meet a burned, uh, burned practitioner, they say, Lord Thai is not Buddhist, it's Bumbo. <laughs> and they have a claim, they say, look at his father, Yung Dung, uh-huh. right? His father's name goes to the Yung Dung. He was born as a born as burn family, and he's a burn practitioner, and he also compiled a lot of burn practice texts, uh-huh. which I haven't seen that, but Therefore, when you come to the same thing, if you are interested or also sincere or curiosity about the practice in Tibetan Buddhism, then Lord Thay appear. His legend here appear. Then question here is that this is why he wrote all the texts called Dukyu, practice lineage, right? Is it like his name? Yeah. <laughs> There's Dukyu right there. Dukyu there. <laughs> this is why his collection, all this is like a Dukyu Shinta Jambo Ye. He didn't say that's uh, this so called intellectual lineage. He's a practice lineage. Then therefore, Lord Thai, therefore like practice like Lord Thai, when you go to the Dukhang, actually you really appreciate every text, right? Even small sadhana practice, you say, oh, because of Lord Thai, you have that sadhana. Yeah. So therefore in Tibetan or Himalaya, right? A Tibetan Buddhist, the Vajra and the Buddhist practitioner, when you practice in the sadhana practice, then Lord Thai is you will remember the kindness of Lord Thai, Kajin Jengore. Then later we can think, I've been in the West, then actually when you read Lord Thai's attack, right? Actually, he didn't write anything, he yeah. just copied. <laughs> right? Everything he copied. From there, right? If you look at it from the Western point of view, he has what? Flesherism, intellectual property, he, yeah, property he are using, then they be the full of a lawsuit. <laughs> Isn't that every, every single text? Right? Every time they used to sit there, oh, what happened that? Then question is uh, for what reason why? For me, right? Why he and he compile? This is what you call chok chokti nangbare. It's like that, right? Chokti chokti, compiling, right? Chokti from different. Then that's interesting. The Lord Thay, he never say he wrote all this. He say he make the what compilation. 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 Then for me, right, my personal question, what is the purpose? You think Karina, go back. Go back Karina. What is the purpose? 
that sometimes I argue with the Westerners thinkers. If you really look at in the Buddhism, right? Buddhism, if you write something from your own, that will be wrong dharma. Long right? But in the West, it has to become from you. That's the good thing. But in Buddhism, if you're writing by yourself, convert everything, then mm, new creation wrong of, dharma. of wrong dharma. Then pure dharma, you have to trace back. Always whatever, right? What do you call? Lineage and history on Buddha said, right? You continue this, little bit changing. For example, even then you know the Shantideva, right? When Shantideva asked you to give a teaching, some reason behind, and Shantideva sitting on the throne, and he asked the audience, right? Should I teach something new, or should I teach something old? Then audience, of course, asked, you should teach something new, totally new, from your own realization. Then Shantideva said, no. What do you say? Right? He said, like, I, I'm not going to, nothing, there's nothing to say, which is what happened, said before. Mm -hmm. They say, I have no power or realization to do something new. Therefore, same. Then, if you really look at it in Buddhism, it's like, a, okay, this is good, okay. This master said this, this master said this, master said this. When you come mining, then, Kepa Yakutu Sigurava. Sanji Ki Sungdang. Then, Kepa Tang, Pandita Tang, Dupthoku Sung Jima Jishin. Jima Jishin Lagurava. Just like before. Like before, right? Then you're known as learned if you can compile all those different things they said before. And you're learned. Mm. <laughs> then there's no against the law, pleasureism <laughs> in Buddhism. No. Right? One thing I want to <laughs> say that. Then second thing is you can think, okay, if already then this all like why lot of time compile. Maybe I think the Lama Sarah already mentioned in the previous talk. I missed that. Friday night. Yeah. They all missed it. Yeah. <laughs> then for me, it's like a few reasons. Maybe at least three, three reasons. One thing is you can think that during the Lord Thai's time, right? Then uh, almost what they call Gyubati, lineage. Right? Lineage. Yuba almost decline, declining. Mm -hmm. and then in Buddhism, uh, especially Tibetan Buddhism or Vajrayana Buddhism, without a lineage, you cannot practice mm -hmm. or study. Then the primary reason is a lot of they want to hear Sochaba, restoring, restore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He bringing this lineage back into our life. Not only can you learn all the practice lineage. Okay. Then by 
interesting how you bring back the lineage. It's actually you, you search all the text and you rewrite a little bit, then you can make it. Then you teach and right, then you can start new lineage. This is what the Lord Thai did. One reason is the Lord Thai did is uh, even like many all the texts, this all the eight practice lineage already exist. It brought to Tibet even like a hundred years before then. Lord Thai was a born right. It's a hundred years mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. It already exists in Tibet, but the lineage is gone. Lineage is, uh, lineage is gone, and nobody really practiced. And he promotes this. Hey, we should not, this, we should not just, what do you call it? It's not uh, good to just get lost. lost yeah. Then the Lord Thai put a lot of effort and bring lineage alive. That is his effort, that's one purpose. Thing, right? Then, second is a political thing, politician thing. Second, why he need to bring? Because Lord Thai is a fearlessly, shamelessly put his name. Because certain texts in Tibet, is you know, you're not allowed to practice and to read and to study, right? Like John Nangpa's, Dolbopa's text. Some political reason. Mm -hmm. The forbidden. The forbidden. Then Lord Thai said, okay, he put his name, changed a little bit, and he said, actually, Lord Thai is a text. Then people could study. For example, you know, Uma Maremar Njulama. Njulama. There's a Buddha Shastra, right? Njulama's commentary. And somebody said, exactly, the Dolbopa's uh, text. No, 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 Dolba, Taranata. Taranata. Dolbaba, Mare. Re. Yeah, maybe, yeah, Dolbaba. Commentary. Or then maybe Taranata and Dolbaba, right? Dolbaba, yeah, Dolbaba. There's exactly this, Julama's commentary, Dolbaba's. And why did? Because at that time, Dolbaba says you're not allowed to read and study, it's forbidden. Then, very fearlessly, shamelessly, and then the Lord of Thai put his name, she changed a little bit, and the Lord of Thai Kazam, right? Then people study. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, another reason. There's a second reason. Then, third reason. Lord Thai, Lord Thai, or the Jamyang Chenze Ongbo, right? There's two, and later, like Lama Mipam. Later, there's a really, as a Lord Thai and Jamyang Chenze Ongbo have this idea, there's a non sectorism. Then before the, before Jamyang Chenze Ongbo and Lord Thai, right? Then in the debate, what do you call this? Split. Chori. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, the guy. Bias or prejudice. Yeah, bias, mm -hmm. prejudice, right? And there's a really split, very strongly split. Not only split, there's a lot of dispute and conflict, right? Then Lodotai and Jamian Kenji Ombo realized this is the sign of Kali Yoga. Dark ages. dark ages. And they put this, actually all Buddhism in Tibet, right? Actually, Kango, Gongpati, Tadu Gongpa, or the ultimate intention is this one, same. Same, then the remain movement, right? And they, and they start this. The inner organization? Or? Yeah, Chulu Nadila, that means what you're consoling, you come together. They can reconcile, yes. Reme. With Gongwa Chigba. Yes, same intention. Single intention. Single intention. Single intention. This is what Lord Thai is using, right? He's saying, this is a really, he said, I don't remember where, he said, it's really shameful. Like, you know, we all say, like, Kachupa, Nyingma, Sajai, we are better, right? We are we're the better, you're the worse, you're better, the yours are the fighting. It's a shameful. Salman Gomba Chigres, he's saying, all the Tibetan Buddhism, right? Practice is actually one. Let me make Same. Every, uh, the, what you call the eight lineage practice, right? Eight practice lineage practice, mainly ultimate practice is Naklame. The unsurpassable mantra? Unsurpassable mantra. All. If you really, what is really a practice and ultimate practice? Is unsurpassable mantra practice. Sangma. Jolupa, Nyingma, Kaju, Saja, Shangpa, Jodru, Shije, Doji Sungri Nyendru. Right? Really practice is a, you say, unsurpassable. Mm -hmm. It's the Uttara Tantra in the sense of the highest yoga tantra. Practice. This is why all of them go with Zalung Dortu Shana, if you really can condense, what is the primary practice of Ngak Lamengiju? Actually, you call Dojisum or Tsalung Teglisum. Tsalung Teglisum or Nangilu Dojisum. The practice, Jigbaris. Same practice, why we fight? Your practice or my practice, they matter, Doris. Practice, right? Yang Mozogi. Like discipline, bow, it's the same. Bella Sangmachubare, the same. Then the, 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 he argue, it's even really narrow down, right? Nyamlen Gareredu, Sungja Gareredu, Chikba. Sangmachikba Sungiore, Nyamlen Chikba Chigiore, Kakache de Kukbare. The, <laughs> the, 
both the practice and the kind forms of discipline or, or vows are the same all over Tibet, all the different lineages. If you think to divide them up, then you're a fool or you're an idiot. <laughs> and therefore, they showing is that really, its goal is the same. All the practice lineage and goal is the same, right? Then also showing that even though same goal, single goal, but there's a lot of method. That's the beauty of Buddhism. Not only one method, the practice, so many practice. Not only eight practice, right? Then again, eight is the main, then subcategory. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of Buddhism. The showing has, I think the Lord is showing is that no matter how many branch, branch is what they call increasing, right? We should not lose the root. Showing that root there. Think the root. That air practice lineage, right? There's one purpose. And if you really think, oh, then Lord Thai did a lot of good things for Tibetan <laughs> lineage. Not only that, also the, the Lord Thai actually, what do you call? Invented new culture in Tibet, Buddhist new culture. Isn't it, right? New culture. Like, for example, now we have like a mm. huge empowerment ceremonies, festivals. Like a Wang, right? Wang, right? They're a festival, right? <laughs> All this started from the Lodotai. And before, there's not big collection, right? If you, in order to give this one, and then like, you know, one hour, two hour, you finished. Because one text, two text, right? Separate text, you finished. Then Lodotai put everything together to finish great festival. Also, new culture. Then Drupchen. Drupchen Like great practice, Drupchen, right? Like 10 days. If Lord Thai didn't come back or the tank like Dubchen, it's boring. <laughs> and he makes this also. New culture, he. So, Mindue. This is why we call that makes Lord Thai is great. All this. Mm -hmm. Did I say something better? Good one? No. Lots of Meaningful? good Meaningful? Yes. <laughs> you have to do. Then um, for me, I had a conversation with Elizabeth and Marcos too. If you if you're really interested in Tibetan Buddhism, you should go back to original source which is the eight practice lineage, right? So now almost like, right? Most of us, we practice called Tibetan Buddhism, what the eight practice lineage, nobody knows. Right? And therefore we call all the Dharma become a Dharma of my teacher, which is good, but, <laughs> yeah, my teacher, right? Whatever my, my teacher said, that's it. Then that is the missing. Why practice lineage? 
what we call practice lineage, right? You should remember what makes a practice lineage. I say three things make a practice lineage. Three unique qualities. Right? Mm -hmm. Yuba. Yeah. Lineage. lineage. Right? Without a lineage, it's not practice lineage. <laughs> new age lineage. <laughs> if you don't have a lineage, then everything's new age thing. Just a jubaki chapar gogre. Special lineage. Really, it's jubaki gogre. Jubaki chapar. Nibati ndangaki chapar. So that's an instruction. You need an instruction. You, you have a lineage, but not the not transmission. <laughs> then what? You have a nice history. You be chapar gogre. And nibati ndangaki chapar. So, 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 why this now? Why this Buddhism like, right? There's something people say, why Buddhism, you know, in Tibet, even Vajrayana split in eight because of the Dhamma. Mm. Each, each practice lineage have a very unique uh, instruction that received coming from India, right? Dhamma is Chaparthi, Nama. That we need this unique. Kepersana is special, right? Unique. unique is good. Yeah, yeah. unique Dhamma instruction. Then somebody chilabki kepersana grace. Then a blessing. Then it become a practice lineage. Right? Practice lineage. Then if you don't, we, we don't have these three, right? Lineage, instruction, and blessing. Even you discover there today, right? You can dharma. <laughs> no lineage, no dhamma, no blessing. What is good about it? The new age dharma. Then if all the if you only practice Tibetan Buddhism, go back. The lineage, you have to trace back. First, eight eight practice lineage. Which one you belong? Then the eight practice go back to the India. Then Buddha. Then dhamma then go to. That's the, the Lord of Thai thinking, oh, Lord of Thai says, how important this? He's showing. Digitism. Then what else? That's <laughs> right. Okay, do you have a question? Uh, I'll take one. Okay, I think that's. Then, if you think that's. Then, the Lord of Thai, right? If you say, like a Lord of Thai, if you're sincere in practice, the lineage, then the Lord of Thai, all the like, same thing, like in uh, these days in Google, right? If you want to practice the lineage in Google, Lord of Thai will pop up on the first, first page, <laughs> should be. Not, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, did our young great. Okay. Yes. You said the third quality um, is blessings. Would you like mm -hmm. to explain a little bit more what you mean by blessings? Jilabga mm Chepa? -hmm. No. <laughs> we would like you to. <laughs> it would be helpful. Jilab cannot explain. 
something, right? Some connection will happen, or some what they call some effect or power. When power happened, but uh, really, the, when you say like a blessing, jilap, jilap is the kind of you cannot really ex- explain. For me, yes. Maybe you can say what it is not. I'm asking because when you just take a word like jinlap and you say blessings in English, we're all we all may have different ideas about what we think that is. And so maybe in this particular case, when we're talking about eight practice lineages, yes, there's a lineage, yes, there are in the instructions. So what's that other magical element? What do you mean by that? Is it the realization that happens in each generation of teachers and who pass on to their students? Is that somehow what you're calling in Tibetan jinlap and then we say in English blessings? Is that what we mean? Or is it something else? Or somebody puts their hand on your head and you got their blessings? Mm, maybe. That I mean, like actually, the teaching, this whatever, whatever, traveling, beginning from the like uh, what they call lineage, right? The blessings already start from the lineage. Almost like you, you are preserving. S- some spirit, I don't know, some wisdom, some rain, some power, some warmness. It started from the already like a lineage, right? Already lineage. This is what they call the lineage. Why is it important the lineage? Because that's a blessing. Then blessing is some sort of like a, then how does the blessing take place? Uh, blessing is something that's inconceivable what they call uh, effect, effect, mm-hmm. okay. yes, mm-hmm. inconceivable effect, it effect. Then effect, this is called nubha, you love the nubha. Ability, power, yes. capability. Then this uh, blessing has to, really the blessing has to, what they call, protect it, somehow like protect it or sustain, Properly, this is what the lineage, right? Well, the one thing the lineage duty or function of a lineage is to practice blessing, blessing, whatever, right? Or the lineage, lineage is like blessing. You protect it, like jubilama, whatever, right? Lineage. Then actually, then what the dhamma coming here? You are transferring. What is it to be trans? <laughs> right, transmit like also this blessing. Not only blessing, blessing, and so other things too, also mm-hmm. blessing. Then you receive the blessing. The Malibu. I don't know. Yes, that's why I'm asking. Thank you. Can I add something to that? Okay. Just I was thinking of an example of it, maybe, that um, if the lineage holders are like the vessels, and then the davangat, the instructions would be like the water, 
And then the blessing would be like the ability to quench thirst with the water. So, I don't know. That popped into my mind. That's because good. I'm thirsty. That's good analysis, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what I was asking for two reasons. One, because I think the word blessing in English can be very easily misunderstood. I'm not even sure sometimes what we what we mean in what context, but how could it like what, for instance? How could what would be a wrong understanding of it? Well, maybe I could say what I think might be the right way is that there has to be something from one's own side and the teacher's side, right? So that there's something, again, it's a little bit hard to say, I agree, but um, it, the, there's a lineage, there's instructions, but there also has to be people practicing it. It has to be alive, it has to be dynamic, and there's something that gets transmitted from through people interacting and from a teacher teaching something and a student getting something. Maybe that's what we call blessing or we call realization being passed on. But if we think it's something passive, we're just waiting for that zap to come, then maybe that's what I think of as might be like a wrong, wrong understanding, understanding of mm -hmm. it, that there has to be some like active quality on both sides, which keeps it alive and passed on so that it isn't a just a lineage um, okay. uh, you know, that goes from one generation to another when texts are given, right? There's something else. Okay. So do you have a new translation for it that we could use? In oh. this case, they're saying, right, in general, in general, one of the the saying, the nature, they talked three different types of a blessing. Jilaprava, uh -huh. types of blessing. One is like a Dhammakaya, right? Suchness is a blessing. Chunyi minjur dembi, jilap. Chunyi mijurwa, demba jirwa, di jilaprava. Chunyi minjur dembi, jilap dangs. So the unchanging nature of reality or the unchanging nature of phenomena uh, is blessing. It's a blessing. This is Buddha's, uh, one of the Buddha's uh, wishing prayers. Hmm. One is like a blessing of attaining three kaya. The undivided Sangha blessing. Yes, undivided Sangha is gathering. Big jilabins. Jilab. Jilab is in a jubber shorts like a door. Mother mm. Sangmala jilab is something that you go for it. Then you can say which, which blessing we're talking here. Maybe the first one, right? The transferring, you passed to realize that. Then you say like, uh, actually, what we're talking actually like, like the three blessings, when we're talking like in Juba, right? Who holds this three blessing actually thing? Of course, the first one is, yes, omnipresent, right? You don't have to worry. And second one is you say, yes, this lineage has to start someone who had uh, 
who attained the realization of Trikaya. Right? That's the second dependent. Then without the master who realized the Trikaya, then lineage will not start. This is the beginning of a lineage, right? If, we, if there is no realization, then the lineage is not lineage. Chila maybe, Yuba maybe, there's no blessing there. Mm -hmm. Then actually, why did this uh, second, second, second blessing, right? Sanjay Kusum Nyeba, the three kinds of Buddha realization, the blessing of the realization, that is the continuing. How to continue? They didn't The harmony. People have tried various translations of literal translations of Jinlap because the lap means a wave and Jin means the giving or general. So waves of generosity are inundation of power or all kinds of funny things. I think, actually, I think blessing is the best because um, it's just sort of simple and broad. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> what it means to other religions. <coughs> yes. I mean, the word blessing in English, right? S so please A bless blessing that. is, le is uh, uh, well, it, the word blessing is an Anglo-Saxon word, and it's translating a Latin word, which literally means to say something well, to say something good to somebody. Uh-huh. And the idea is that uh, it makes something is given that it ma this makes it holy, sacred. I see. But in uh, in Buddhism, the what you what Lama said is is this nupa, this the, the kind of enabling function that makes it possible to the action to take place, right? Something like this. That. Uh, uh, I mean, it's very interesting that you actually very difficult to express what chin-up is. You said it was inconceivable. Mm. But it's, uh, I think I understood you to say that um, the chin-up is what uh, gives the power for the realization to take place in the person. So the blessing of the lineage, the blessing of the lama, the blessing of the guru is an essential f feat, uh, f factor that you have to have to receive. So, does that make sense? Yes, yes, totally. Yeah. Even sometimes we can think, sometimes we call it like a transmission, right? Transmission like a realization. Can you transmit the realization? No. Can I transfer my realization to other people or another plan? I said, no. Sanjee gets like a transmitted power. I get a question for me. I'm going to check the missiles. I'm 
I don't know the second part. No, no, they did say like, right? Transfer. But it's very, very strong statement. I cannot transfer to my realization to the others. Then that also, I cannot remove from my hand somebody's uh, negative karma. Mm, yeah. uh, no, no, not negative karma, dungal. Suffering. Others are suffering, right? I cannot remove, right, from my hand. And then driving the chicken me to there, like uh, other people's bad karma cannot be washed through the water. The mm. yomare is like that. You know? All this happened through seeing the truth. And then this is how you can transfer. Blessing can be transferred. Really, the blessing can be transferred. Then through the blessing, you can realize you can realize the, okay, you can attain realization. Then indirectly, you transfer the realization too, right? Not directly. Then tabrawa, tabdi like a jilap method. Method. Then, what is a good method? Then it has a blessing or not. Jilap di poayobadoa, transfer. Something nuba, right? Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, maybe the relationship between the scholastic institutions like the monastic shedra and the kind of the practice lineages as an institution of like practicing and um, like uh, why we need both or, or why Buddhism needs both and then as a practitioner uh, like a Western practitioner, or any practitioner, um, when when do you, uh, to develop your own path, when does one need to study, and when does one need to practice? Is there like a sign when um, one, one side is, is, is like you're going too far in one direction? You asking me or him, her? It's, uh, it's you. To me, and both. <laughs> okay, ask her practice and <laughs> study. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we don't. We don't need both. We don't need both. <laughs> then yes, question is uh yeah, why do we need a both? Is one is a sufficient or not, right? Then question is uh for accomplishment to attain accomplishment? Yes. How the, I think not the, 
before we ask that question, right? For what, what do I need this practice and study? And then it was in goal, right? This is what you call, we should have a clear goal. Maybe liberation, liberation and freedom, or nirvana, right, and goal. Then in order to attain, right? Then actually, then if we have a clear goal, then we will know what method is necessary. Right? What method is a necessary path? If our goal is not clear, maybe method is not clear. Maybe even your our goal, right? First is like goal. Is it clear? Then the method in order to order in order to attain this goal, it should no. Why only two, right? Only practice and study, but maybe there are more. <laughs> right? Is there is another path not including the practice and the study? Uh -huh. Right. That means like, uh, what is the practice? What is the method, right? What is the practice? What is the method to attain our goal? Actually, everything could become a method, or millions of method could be. And sometimes they summarize a practice and study. And then unnecessarily sometimes we what they call split. This is a practice and this is study, right? Like a Republican and Democratic. In order to have a you know, <laughs> peaceful country in America, what we need to do, we need a both. Of course not both, one. Sometimes we think of like a study and practice like a Democratic and a Republican. <laughs> but actually not. Actually, practice and uh, Practice and study. If you something that you could go, it's donjik, different language donjik. Same, same. Same. I I would say practice is a study. Study is a practice. Right, thing. Maybe the, you can argue that one way, right? I would say maybe same. Then what is the practice in Gambopa say? Terpa, Sampa, Ngomba, Nyamle, Manarwaris. This is the right practice. When Terpa, Sampa, Ngomba, Sumdi, Tungmar Jeba, Tersam, Gomsum, Tungmar Jeba, Nyamle, Ne Manarwaros. Tungmar is like all together, same time. But we have this idea, I don't know where this idea is at. First you should study, then practice. Or maybe just practice, you don't need to study. We have this idea. Idea right there, right? Okay. There's one way of thinking. But one thing is, then they will say, okay, Terpa and Gomba, that's a Rimba Yore. Some of the study means like a Terpa, Terpa. Hearing. Right? Only Listening. hearing and Listening. hearing, right? Hearing and contemplating, hearing. Terpa up and Gomba up. 
That's two phases, two stages. Then he says, Dinida Tobe, Toba Dang Gombanidi. Then maybe sometimes like a Toba. You call study sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Toba. Mm -hmm. Then Toba, that's that study. Then Gomba, and call practice. Toby shut up, Gombe shut up. Then Sambi shut up, Toby shut up, right? The three prasana. Then I don't remember who said that. Not the letang boba. If you are beginners, or onbo tamaba, like what you call lesser faculty, mm -hmm. like us, right? Lesser faculty or beginners, we should start with study terpa. Study, plus emphasize study a little bit. Then later and the beginning emphasize the study, then the later and you the practice. And then if you are sharp faculty, a lucky one, ombo rap, you know. Ombo rap, right? Like a kansa chikcharwa. Then sunka gogimare. Tersam gom gogimare. Then like a kansa chikcharwa, the sound is very sharp faculty. Then you don't need a tepa. Gomla jung jutukure. Chikcharwa. Then it's up to us. It's interesting, we are reading Elizabeth, and I was reading Dabodashiramjal's text, and he says actually, these days, his days, right? He said, Chikcharwa. He said, like, we should emphasize Chikcharwa. Chikcharwa, instantaneous. Yes, like onboard rub, right? You don't once. need to go all these things. But everybody teaching is a Rimjiba, and he says, teaching Rimjiba. He says, actually, we should start with the Chikcharwa. So everybody's teaching in the stages or the gradual path, and really we should be doing uh, all at once, <laughs> rising all at once, instantaneous. That was the Yes. Yes, so. people are, are, are sharp and active. Yeah. And yeah, mind is sharp and active. Teaching to class. And he says, it's the time to teach. Yeah, but why not? Even though we have become more sharper and more intellectual, right? He said that the less study. More active mind for this Chikcharwa. But uh, I will say that this has to be balanced. Always balanced. Study, we should not think like a study, and practice is not a galwa. Right? It's Same not, thing like not this not day. Co contradictory. Not that this day like computer programmers. You think I'm not a computer program. I have a lot of friends, right? You have to keep update, study, study. It's changing, right? Every time you have to study, they say, right? Computer programmer, they're always saying they have to study. Why? Always upgrade. Same thing when you meditate, your realizations are upgrading. You know, same old thing. If it's all the same thing, okay, I know everything. Everything is new, similar, upgraded. You okay, then, then 
I remember one thing is uh, something the Dharma only one self benefit. You think it's my realization, the welfare for myself. And then meditation alone is enough. Sati is not really uh, not necessary. They said. But not only the in order to teach others, you should study. Otherwise, how are you going to communicate? Even like a language, you have to study language too, right? Without a language, something like a study, you will know some skill to communicate other too. They say like in order to develop the like to rubakaya, right? To benefit others, that causes this talking a lot of study. Study. But in the West, you don't need to worry. We study too much, I say, mm-hmm. never enough. <laughs> never enough, right? You read one book or two books, it's enough, it's a shame. In the West, you say, I read three books, four books, it's enough, I know. In the West, they say, all of the, you have a, we have a strong tendency, oh, I know. I read one book and two books and some Google. I know this. <laughs> some Google. <laughs> some Google Dhamma. Then I say, always we have this tendency, I know. Right? I don't need it, I know. <laughs> no, 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 that's never enough. Study things, never enough. If you look at like a lot of Thai, right? If you really, we call that practice, mean you can retreat and lock your hand. And said, actually, there's a like, lot of Thai functions at the same time, like, right? Three. <laughs> One hand is a manidra. There's a data how he managed, right? Accumulating merit, right? The will of money is a taking. And also, he's reciting mantra, something, and writing. Dujigla, and Jawasam Nangiyore. Right? He's saying, Multitasking. Yeah. That's an like, amazing thing how he did it. Then in the West we say we should do one at a time. Study, right? Writing, Study. saying mantras and turning the wheel dark you know, the prayer wheel at the same time. Same time he, he did. Even like a, then also study is a part of practice. Even that, like, when you study the salam, right, Patam Bumi, actually when you arrive, when you reach, attain the path of seeing, then your desire to study increase more. Hmm. Really more. They say, like, you are, you are what you call joyful, delightful of study. It never say, oh, never enough. Then, uh, what do you call this? Swan, swan, entering into the lake. Swan or swan, it's entering into the lake. Jumps up, very happy. Very happy to enter, right? They say, when you are rich, the part of seeing, then you're like study, willing to knowing, learning. Right? Then think like uh, sometimes I contemplate in English, English language. When you say, "Tapa," 
right? We say, we say that, Toby, shut up. Study, right? That's a study. What does it mean, study? We collect all this terminology. Actually, we'll try to you know, remember all the terms, try to create the, you know, what they call, terminology bank. I know all this, uh, the terminology, right? I think this, this is a part of the study, but not really. Actually, study is for me that we're learning how to be receptive. Receptive? Mm -hmm. Tempa, right? Tempa. Learning, mm -hmm. really learning, you know, whatever coming, right? Study time is actually a very good practice. Receptive. This is why I said study, right? You should not analyze. Even like teachers giving you nonsense teaching, you take it. You think that I know it, it doesn't make sense, right? No. What's the deal like it No. Cup of double magic, you know? You say like, I know it, everything that like upside down, right? This vessel? No. It's open, totally open. They're like door. That means in English, it's very nice, right? Being receptive. Yeah. Really being, there's a learning and study, right? That's the practice. Receptive. Even looking turba when you're in a, or the phases of study, even you study Islamic, Hindu, Muslim, anything. This is why in the Tibetan, in Buddhism, right? It's when you study, Shija. Ten fields of study, right? Mm -hmm. Not only Dharma, everything there. If it's possible, study. Receptive, first, right? Then we're learning receptive. Then also, sometimes I say like a blessing, right? This is also like the, sometimes we say even blessing. Blessings are always there. Like suchness, right? Unchanging suchness is a blessing. We cannot, we cannot what they call, receive. Why? We are not ready to receive, not receptive. So here is a lomage. This was like a mugu. I said, sometimes I translate, what is the mugu here as being receptive? You're ready to receive. This is the same with the terpa, right? Terpa, the learning terpa, learning is is uh, being receptive, yes? This is why we say like a yes, 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 yes. In the study, yes, yes, open. Then next, then okay. Then contemplation I call creative. Then it's sambara, sambara I call, then creative. Then okay, you figure out, okay, you receive and receive and receive, you should not just live with this, and make it, no, creative. What should I do with this? We need a more American Western Kempo, not a yogi. There are too many yogi already in the West. Right? Yogi, and they already create so many problems. Isn't that right? So many yogis in the West and already create a problem. So we need a more Kempo and Jeshi. And then see, like Jeshi create a problem or not. <laughs> Then even Gishi create a problem, okay, stop it. <laughs> not Yogi, not Niji. Then we have to think in another way, how to do. Now, until now, we try to produce so many Yogi practice, right? They create all problem. Now we need to produce more Kempo and Gishi. 
Malibu. <laughs> Steady. But if you ask this question to Dalai Lama, he will shout it at you. And if you want to study, if you want to be a Buddhist, he was a study. Study, right? Study. Nalanda tradition. Study. <laughs> yes. That's how it's ever. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Don't, don't take so long. Yes. Study, okay. Yeah. Lama Sarah is here, I'm here. Now we have a Shambhala Hall publication. We have a Sada, there's a lot of study place. We have a Naroba. <laughs> Lots of books. Lots of books. <laughs> yes, study. Yes. What what's the point of a lot of study if if there's not practice as well though? I mean, what's the point of knowing a lot of things if you're not going to practice as well? Finding the balance between them. Study and if you don't practice. What's the point of study studying Buddhism if you're if if you don't practice? Yeah, then it's just an intellectual pursuit. It's good then you know already. Without knowing nothing, knowing is a little better. <laughs> knowing Isn't something it? is better than yeah, something, nothing. Something, something knowing is better than nothing. <laughs> then I would say that it doesn't harm you. But but practice does harm. Ah. Uh, but does so is that saying that practice does harm, without studying, or is there some like? Can can one study just enough to be able to do their practice properly? The, the, I mean, the point of studying more would be to teach others, right? No, yes, yes. Yes, practice. Is the study itself is not practiced? Is it? I say yes. I claim it is. Then, uh, okay, study is not just knowing the terminology. And how can I organize this terminology, right? You, you know the inner word, right? Emptiness, selflessness, and dhammakaya, and compassion, this word, you know, right? When you study, you know this, right? And then only the mere knowing the terminology, a term, is not enough. The for us is is enough, right? If I remember, it's not enough. This is what you you're only hearing, right? This is not enough. This is already good, but not good enough. Then further, then you say, okay, what does that really mean? Then it's called practice.
maybe for some people, think some people, study practice is the same thing. They they don't differentiate. Maybe some people they say, okay, study means something, practice means something. It's true. In this case, like a second case, which is important and end, it's a practice. Practice. Then question is, uh, what does it mean, uh, what I mean a practice? I can describe is that without practice, no dharma. Building monastery, building library, writing all this book. If you don't practice, all this is not meaningless. You can say that, right? And if you be building practice and writing book, reading book is not practice, what is the practice then? You can make it both ways the argument. One way you say, if you don't practice building monastery, making sacramentation, and writing book, reading book, doing this, is no, it's useless. Okay, practice something. Okay, I agree with that. Okay, building monastery is not a practice. Reciting mantras is not a practice. Reading books is not a practice. Writing books is not a practice. Then what is practice? What is practice? Right, what is practice there? Then no, no practice. Sometimes I argue similar question. This is in the West. So many people say, we need a Buddhism, not a culture, Tibetan culture. Many people try to separate Tibetan culture and Buddhism, right? I think maybe many of you think that too. We don't want Tibetan culture, we want pure Dharma. It's a nice statement, nice idea. If you take all this culture, what is Dharma then? What is Dharma then? There's no Dharma then. Sitting, this is a culture. Like this is a culture. I don't know anything that's true in culture. If you push away all the culture, everything, right? Then what is the Dharma? Practice. Actually, you cannot really separate Dharma and culture. Ideally, you say, yes, oh, there's a culture, this is a dharma. Same thing like a study and a practice. Practice, right? For me, the study itself is the practice. Practice itself is the study. Study. What is a study in Tibetan? Zhongwa. You're training your mind, right? Love, love is learn and train. Love, right? Mind training. If mind training is not a practice, what is the practice? Being dumb, <laughs> like a Western way of sitting. sitting sit like a rock. Sounds very nice, right? Sit like a rock. It's a practice. 
what is good about being sitting like a rock? You have a nice experience because you had a little break, right? Oh, come. I said, for me, it's like sitting on a rock. I don't consider it as a practice. So therefore, for me, I argue. For me, still, I'm arguing is a study and practice the same thing. It's mind training. Love Jong Jeb at all. Love and Jong. Love Jong Jeb, yes. Don't you think? Then people say, only study. If you don't practice, what is the point? Sometimes there's very study, don't practice. Like, for example, university professor like Lama Temba. <laughs> Same thing they say there, eh? Maybe like a university professor, they say they study. They learn all many terminology, right? They learn all the they what do you call? They learn so many terminology. They don't study. They don't study uh, dharma. They study about dharma. They know how to play around. They know how to make a drama about a dharma. It's called study, right? Research. They learn about them. This is what they say in university. We don't teach we don't teach Dharma. We teach about Dharma. And they know how to make a big drama, right? Big drama about Dharma. Because they study. They don't study Dharma. This this one. It's similar to like Chinese tea. Something like when you drink Chinese tea, do you know? You drink like this small cup called tea ceremony. There's a cup, one sip. And they give a one hour lecture before you drink this. <laughs> one hour lecture, eh? How does it come from? What does it appear? And all this lecture, I say, I say, you ruined my tea. <laughs> this is what you call study sometimes, right? You study about this tea. If you want to study this tea, <laughs> drink it. Before you did lecture, that's how you study. <laughs> Sometimes, like West, like study about Dharma, you we're learning called history. History is good, but actually we try to make a big drama about the, like uh, this tea. One sip of tea, you test, and they give a lecture for one hour. This called you study. You study not a dharma, you study about a dharma. If you go about the dharma, then it's never ended, right? This is why you miss, you don't learn dharma, you learn about it. But really, if you really study dharma, not about it, just study dharma, that is a practice. You study, right? You're learning that. I mean, if I want to learn this glass, really, I should touch and heat, break, bring together this, right? You look at this, who made this glass? How this come, right? You're not really study, you study about it. That's another, maybe in the West, when you study Dharma, is how to make it like a drama, right? Maybe that is a thing to study. I mean, this is my, 
I heard this word a lot, and I contemplate a lot. Study and practice, right? Even like sometimes, depending making the rain, thepa maybe gombati, like dum dalan zakbashins, like without study, meditating as you try to climb the rock without arm. Then, gomba maybe thepadi, like you have thepadi, jamsor dalan shivadas. He said, like a study without practice, like a you die through, and then you die by thirsty and sitting in the river. You have a water, you die right? Of thirst uh, while sitting in the water, water, water river, right? This is like if you study and not practice, right? You have a water in front of you, but you're suffering. Oh, and you die. Did they say that? I think the Saja Pandita say that. But uh, if you're like in Gamboba saying, Turba, he's saying the Turba, Samba, Gomba, it's the same thing. If you separate, then you're wrong. So therefore, therefore this, this day I say, study, practice is the same. Same. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Maybe you may not agree. Many people will not agree. Study, practice is the same. For me, yes, I will argue that in Buddhism. I argue in Buddhism, yes. Study and practice is the same. Don't you? Okay. <laughs> Maybe Lamala, you have a different idea of them? Study, no, practice? No. Yes. Kala Rumusha used to do a little thing of, um, of course, he was one of those yogis that made trouble. But uh, he said, you know, for a stool, it needs four legs and, you know, study and practice. And then sort of confidence or devotion, confidence, and faith that what you were doing, you know, and you could be persist at it, and then an ethical basis, like that. But then he'd say, but a stool can also have three legs and still be perfectly, <laughs> you know, solid. But like I said, he made trouble. <laughs> hmm? Study. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, yeah. No, I agree. I think that's really a good. I think we. I think we have um, a very limited idea of what practice is. You know, it's limited to sitting on a cushion or something, and you know, doing your daily practice, and that can't be. That can't be the only meaning um, because that's just a tiny portion of life. So if that's the only time that you practice during this formal sitting, 
it's a, you waste your life. Yeah, it has to be a much broader, I think we have to have a much broader a, appreciation of what that word means, practice. There's all kinds of things to do yeah, that are mm. practice. You should be able to make every part practice, including study and you know everything. So. I think that's that's true. Like we should define what is the practice, while limited. Mm -hmm. Then some people say, okay, practice. Then we say, what is not practice? Mm -hmm. right, what is not practice? Okay, if study is not practice, then everything's not practice. If you take it away, that study is not practice. Accumulation of merit is not a practice, mm -hmm. right? The benefit of others is not practice. Then something if you take it away, this is not practice. This is not practice. No matter. Then question: What is practice? <laughs> then? then okay. Then you say okay, like a sitting. It's a practice. For what reason? You're training your mind. Something right? Okay. Then. Purpose of the training, whatever training your mind is a practice. Study is a pra practice too, because it also train the mind too. Then also, even when you're sitting, if you're distracted mentally, then that's not practice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it's really a tiny, tiny few moments, maybe. So we better have a bigger definition or we're in trouble. I was uh, traveling last year in Europe. Then I gave a public talk in Poland also. Somewhere. Then no no not in the not in also in Taipei. Thai they say they say like a practice the Dharma for everyday life. Dharma for everyday life. Dharma for everyday life. Then, for, then I tell, ask them, what is Dharma? It's not for everyday life. <laughs> then I can talk, this Dharma is everyday life, right? If Dharma is not for everyday life, then why do we need this, right? <laughs> Which Dharma is not for everyday life? <laughs> Prashna is not good for everyday life. Compassion is not good for everyday life. Mindfulness is not good for everyday life. Then say, Which Dharma is not good for everyday life? Similar here, right? The study is not good for practice, not a practice. Same thing also. These days I also argue, I make a lot of argue, argument, fight with the Tibetan young people. Now, Tibet, many Tibetan young people, youth, youth, Tibetan youth, they blamed. All the everything goes wrong, Tibetan society, everything, because of Dharma. Hmm. The church problem, Dharma. <laughs> then they're really thinking politics and Dharma should separate, right? They say, oh, Dharma should not come to the politics. I say, okay, that's I agree. Which Dharma harms your politics? Which Dharma harms a human society? Which Dharma? Tell me. Uh, which dharma is harmful for the hu human being? Right? Then this is not good. Then you think this thing. Then if some dharma is harmful to the humanity, right, human being, it is not dharma. Hmm. Otherwise, why do we need to separate 
dharma from the politics. Politics is to benefit, right? To serve. Then comes the whole. Other than that, without the properly thinking, they say, oh, it's because of the dharma. They ruin the politician, politi our society. Then you see like a dharma, you know, the dharma thing. You see, the compassion is a, you know, compassion or prasana or the generosity or this thing, the mindfulness, this need. Then they say, oh, now they say, okay, maybe we have to change the wording. Children see needed, or you do. To see. Chela see Gogamari, Silla Chogogre. Dama doesn't need a politics, politics need a Dama. Dama, everybody, everything, right? Dama is a medicine. <laughs> Same thing with the study and in the practice. This is me. Okay. That's just a good word, I think. good. Thank you so much. Thanks, both of you, for being here. And thank you, Sarah, for toughing it out for the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Lama, for rescuing me. <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you guys for toughing it out as well. Few of you who did. <laughs> So, I think this is a Korang Mingarevo, Shambhala Nidhi. Nico? Nico? No, he's yeah. not Nico. Ivan? Uh, Ivan. Thank you, Ivan. Maybe this is good. Maybe regularly, not regularly, time to time, right? We should gather here. We have now, Auckland Boulder is a crazy place. So many things happening, right? Sometimes it's a little bit too much. But uh, we should take something like an important thing could happen. Like, you know, every block, eh, something happening, like a called Dharma thing, yoga, meditation, chanting, every corner. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe this is a good place. Maybe working, now we have a Satra, Sandra Foundation, Shambhala publication, and also good thing is in Boulder, also very many nice, what do you call, nice, nice Mari, mm, many important speakers, teachers, right? translators and teachers, and, and also senior practitioners, right? senior practitioners. We have a good resources, and resources, and bring and uh, different conversation, like for example, like a topic, meditation and study. Depend on your what the benefit, okay? Then, uh, as I mentioned, uh, my, I'll be happy to be part of this. You know, something happened. That's good. Yeah, we'll do it.